Heidi Plonk disappeared on October 17, 2021, after attending her son's flag football game. Her dog, Seven, was found wandering alone in an apartment building where Heidi was last seen. Rumors continue to swirl about what happened to her, but she is still missing. everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going it is going good well glad to last hear night that. was the first night that we let the puppies sleep in our bed oh boy how did that go it went good i've been letting them get in bed with me for like an hour and then Scott puts him in their bed before he comes to bed. Mm-hmm. But uh, last night he came in really late and they were just completely unconscious. And he went, well, let's just leave them and see what they do. They did awesome. Wow. Um, They're growing up. They really are. Because my dogs always sleep in my bed. Uh, except for our oh, Corgi yeah. Bassett. Because she just sheds too much. Sorry, yeah. Blue, but it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> but my little dogs always sleep in our bed. and. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, interesting. I it was it's nice, it's good. So yeah. Wow. There you go. They didn't even pee the bed or anything, huh? No, I was gonna say they're finally big enough that I'm not worried about them getting hurt. They are finally potty trained enough that I'm not worried about them peeing on the bed. So <laughs> oh, progress milestones. <laughs> yeah. Your toddlers are growing up. Right. Yeah. Hopefully I don't <laughs> regret this. And decide right. to put them back in their crate and really pay for it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm good too, preparing for a fun trip this weekend. We are going to Jackpot, Nevada for the weekend. Yeah. Rhonda's favorite place on earth. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. Through the pandemic, we couldn't go. Yeah. And then the last two or three times we've tried to go, since we actually could go, something has gotten in the way and kept us from going. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rhonda's like, I don't care what happens. We are going. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going. <laughs> Come hell or high water. And maybe yeah. hell. You don't know these days. You don't know. Well, I'm excited. But... We're trying to make more plans and do more things, go places on weekends and stuff. Because yeah. through the lockdowns and stuff, we just got very used to staying at home. And I was so bored and irritated with that. I'm so tired of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've really been doing, you know, making plans and doing things. And it's been so much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. need to get the hell out of here sometimes. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? I think we all just got really used to being stuck in a rut. Yes. And just. We didn't have a choice. Staying there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. I get anxious, antsy every day to get out of this house and do something. Yeah. At least, at least take a ride. Something. Anything, right? Mm. Well, and, um, you know, as, as. The medical community is catching up with COVID. More good things are happening. Yeah. Uh, Last week, my immunologist, because I have a rare immune system disease, and so it's been a real worry for me through COVID. Yeah. And so I'm all, I'm triple vaxxed, and, you know, we've been doing all this stuff. Well, there's a new thing. It's called Evusheld, because why do they have to give these, why couldn't it be a normal (laughs) name, like something that is easy to pronounce? Right. Or or the other one that was what? Uh, Bamlanivimab. Yeah. Bamlanivimab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bamalama ding dong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
But Evusheld is an injection for immune deficient people that actually kind of works with your vaccine to help you to prevent you from even getting COVID. Mm -hmm. And if you do get it, it will be a very mild case, you know? And so I had that injection last week. So now I have that on board as well as all the other stuff. And I'm starting to feel a little more confident about I'm going to be all right. You know, I can go do things and, and, and not be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. For sure. For sure. Because I'm one of those, you know, disposable people that people were all railing about that. Oh, it's, it's only the immune compromised people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that will die from COVID. Like, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I, I am one of those people as well. And yes, you are. Why, why I was so disposable. But Exactly. Uh, me too. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to keep on fighting. So screw well, that. Now just, uh, you know, let's all try to also avoid getting monkeypox and uh, yes. influenza <laughs> A. Yeah. Yes. All, all of the above. I will be mm-hmm. avoiding all of that. Yeah. Me too as much as possible. So we, this is our Wednesday case, Wednesday case, Wednesday episode. Yeah. We used to say case because we just did one, but we can't mm-hmm. say that now because we do three cases an episode. Mm-hmm. It's our Wednesday episode and you are going to kick us off with an MMIW. Yeah. So this MMIW case comes out of Canada. I want to introduce you to Dawn Walker. Dawn is 48. She's 5'4". She's tall or she has medium build, blonde hair, brown eyes. Mm-hmm. And her son, Vincent Jansen. Oh Vincent my God, is, he's cute. Isn't he adorable? Look at that face. Vincent is 7. He's 4'2". Uh, slim build, brown hair, brown eyes. And they are both missing. Oh, no. I'll give you a few details about their case and then show you a few more pictures of them as well, just to uh, cover things well. So Dawn is an activist. She is an award-winning author, uh, mother. She's run for uh, office in Canada before. So she lives in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And on July 24th, she and Vincent uh, went missing. They didn't show up where they were supposed to be. And so friends got nervous and started poking around and it reported them missing because it's not like her at all to not, you know, she's on top of everything. Mm-hmm. It's not like her at all to just not be where she said she would be. And things felt wrong. Sure. Um, also, according to friends and family, Dawn is... Uh, she has been an activist for MMIW cases as well as for uh, domestic violence. Um, unfortunately, Dawn has also been the recipient of domestic violence. And it sounds like may have had a recent restraining order. Oh, dear. Uh, on a batterer. Uh, yeah, there's she's had some violence in her life. And so at any rate, uh, after July 24th, they were not seen again. Well, mm-hmm. on... I'm sorry, that's actually on July 22nd, July 22nd. By July 24th, she was declared a missing person. On July 25th, her pickup was found. She has a Ford F-150, and it was found in a wooded area near Chief Whitecap Park. And her purse was found in the woods near the area, or near the pickup, and some of her other stuff was uh, 
in the car except for her cell phone. So this is very near a big busy river and so they have been uh, searching the river for a while but they haven't found anything, anything there. So this is clear back, you know, in the end of July. So, well, not clear back, but, you know, she's been missing at, at this rate for 11 days. So just yesterday, some new information came out that they are now uh, searching through cell phone records and banking history, but there has been absolutely no whiff of her since that day. Nothing. No activity anywhere. Mm. So Dawn and her son are from the Okanese First Nation. Okay. And there's been a lot of ceremony done in their honor. Again, Dawn has been really well known in her community and been a warrior and an activist for her people and for abused women and has been a loud voice and apparently is quite the writer. I read several mm. people's comments saying that they believe she's the best writer in Canada. She's, she's quite wow. the author. So, uh, but with that much uh, publicity could, you know, potentially attract the wrong people maybe. So they don't know for sure yet whether this is foul play or whether they just there was a terrible accident of some sort. So they just are continuing to look. But uh, the police are saying they don't have that they won't comment on whether or not there's a person of interest. Uh, but they are saying they are speaking with those who previously have contact with her and that have had history with her oh. yeah okay. so that's basically all we know wow that's scary it's really scary vincent's family because it, it sounds like vincent's uh, parents aren't together his family has launched a website uh specifically for him and searching for him and i believe that's findvincent.co or ca sorry but, uh, you know, they're they're also really actively searching, though they are saying that they feel like so long as Vincent's still in his mother's care, she's taking excellent care of him. But they just don't know. Mm -hmm. And they have had dogs out. They have had all kinds of search efforts out that have just turned up nothing. Mm. What it doesn't feel like is like anyone thinks that she would have just, uh, you know fled or walked away from her life or mm -hmm. any of that nonsense that whatsoever. That yeah. 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 That's good. The people that know her are convinced that something has happened because there's no way this would have just, she would have just disappeared like this. So mm -hmm. at any rate, uh, again, her name is Dawn Walker and then her son, Vincent Jansen. So if you know anything whatsoever, of course, contact the Saskatoon police and keep your eyes peeled if you're in that area or if you're not, because who knows at this point where they could be. Right. This long. It could be anywhere, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. All right. Our main case today is the disappearance of Heidi Plonk. Heidi disappeared on October 17th, 2021. She had been at a flag football game for her son, and she just sort of left abruptly in the middle of the game. Mm. No one knows why. Um, it, was, it was odd. 
and she, you know, normally was there for her son and there for his things. And mm-hmm. she just left, didn't say anything to her ex-husband didn't say wow. anything to anybody, just took off. So mm-hmm. later that night, her dog, she has um, a dog named Seven and Seven is a Labradoodle. La- uh, Seven was found wandering around on the 28th floor of an apartment building in downtown Los Angeles. Wow. And um, it, it's believed that this is the last place that Heidi was seen. Uh-huh. So this is Heidi. Let me tell you a little bit about There's a lot here. There's a lot here. There's a lot of speculation going on. There is some pretty incredible work being done by a true crime podcast. I'm going to tell you about that. Um, But we still don't know where Heidi is. Heidi was a book is a bookkeeper. And the company that she works for, the man she works for, his his name is uh, his last name is Sugarman. And he is being investigated by the SEC for um, fraud over $43 million. Oh, my God. Being defrauded from um, a tribe. It's their pension fund. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... He also has been the co-owner of a major major league soccer club. He's way into like um, ties to the Golden State Warriors. He's mm-hmm. big into big stuff, you know, right. big yeah. finance, big finance. Yeah. And she was his bookkeeper. So oh immediately this went to this has something to do with Jason Sugarman. It has something to do with his business, which is Camden, Camden Capital Partners. You know, that's immediately where everyone's head went because he's under investigation. Big stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, But they haven't been able to prove or find anything. And then then Don Heim, who is one of the hosts of Mao and Boots True Crime in Real Time, which is a YouTube show. Okay. Um got hooked up with one of Heidi's friends. One of Heidi's friends came to her and said, there's somebody, there are some people talking in this apartment complex where apartment building where her dog was found. Mm-hmm. I know what happened to her. This woman. Oh. Says. So her claim is that Heidi overdosed on a combination of fentanyl and uh, Adderall. At a party oh. that happened on the night of October 17th, 2021. Apparently, the host of this party was Heidi's Adderall dealer. And she was known to have a problem with Adderall. This party was quite a party. There were strippers. There was They installed stripper poles in this apartment for the party. Wow. And cryptocurrency gambling going on. So we're kind of still in that high finance world, I think. Uh And what this woman who says that she knows what happened to Heidi says is that Heidi overdosed on Adderall and fentanyl. Uh The people in the party freaked out. 
and threw her body down the trash chute of the apartment building. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this woman also says that Heidi's body didn't make it all the way down. It got stuck on the 28th floor of this oh. trash chute. What and apparently hell? someone had to push her all the way down. So I mean, that is, would indicate that plenty of people know what happened to Heidi. Uh, yeah. So the police are saying they do believe that Heidi is deceased. Mm -hmm. And they believe that there are five people who know exactly what happened to her. Mm -hmm. They have searched the landfill where the trash from this apartment building goes mm -hmm. when it's dumped. They have not found her body. There's been some delays in the searching. And so it's kind of been an on again, off again situation. Mm -hmm. But there are people out there saying they know exactly what happened to her. Now, are they telling this to the police? I don't know. Is it even true? Because her body has not been found in this landfill. So we don't know if this is true or not. Mm -hmm. Wow. But there are, you know, it, it, there's so many questions here. And, you know, there's also this whole other element of her boss and her boss's right. uh, crimes and what he's being investigated for that we don't know mm -hmm. if that was part of it or not. Heidi was not reported missing for a few days, a couple days, I think. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't show up to pick up her son. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And her ex-husband actually reported her missing because it was very unlike her. He right. couldn't reach her anywhere. After she abruptly left the, the football game. Yeah. And then couldn't reach her. Yeah, I'm sure that was concerning. Yeah. So he reported her missing. Like, I don't know what's going on, but she didn't show up to get our son. And it sounds like she was known to be a good mom. And mm -hmm. she's not somebody who just wouldn't show up to get her kid. Yeah. Also, her dog Seven was her absolute best friend. Seven went everywhere with her. And to discover it was after um she was reported missing that they put the two together between okay the dog that had been wow. found and her uh -huh. but she took seven with her everywhere yeah and she would never have just left seven somewhere like that so all of it's this also is odd to me that if she truly died in that apartment building as an edit the hands of an overdose that they would have just let that dog wander right how did you he know? end up how did he end he up wasn't... just wandering loose and you know there there are so many questions and you know some of the people who live in this apartment complex are talking with uh the u.s sun um news station yeah. and have actually provided them with video proof. The Sun has not released that video. Um, I'm assuming that it has gotten to the police, though, because the police say that they do have evidence that she is deceased. Yeah. But they don't have her body. And that's what's very strange. Well, and surely that they've been to the landfill with cadaver dogs. 
they have um they have been to the landfill they have looked for her that there have been some disruptions in that mm-hmm. and so they've kind of been there and then not and been there and not a couple of times so i wonder what I, a landfill is like though for a cadaver dog right that may be really difficult i don't know i would imagine extremely but i don't know yeah yeah So there are still a lot of unanswered questions. And so I felt like we should open this investigation so that we can continue to talk about Heidi Plunk's case and, Mm -hmm. and see what comes up because I, you know, I just don't think that any of this is still truly the answer. Now, one thing about the dog, I'd forgotten about this. So the party was on the 40th floor of this building. Okay. She apparently dropped her dog off with a dog sitter um, in the building to go to the party. And this is a dog sitter that she had used in the past. Oh. So, but if that's the case, how come the dog was wandering the halls? What happened to the dog sitter? Right. We wouldn't just let the dog wander the halls. They've looked at oh. her boyfriend, haven't found anything. They, but now some people are saying she was actually also dating another man. There's a lot of swirling rumor. Mm -hmm. And at this point, that's really all we can call it because, you know, even the story about her dying of the overdose and then putting her body down the trash chute has not been confirmed. Right. And that could very well be a cover for what did happen. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't happen. What I don't understand is if the police know she's dead and they know that there are five people that know what happened to her, why has no one been arrested? Right. Why aren't you we know? moving on that? There, Because there are all of these stories and rumors going around, and there are some mm-hmm. people who are still sure that this is linked to Jason Sugarman and his shady stuff. Apparently mm-hmm. he's... Which wouldn't be surprising up. at all. No, not at all, because she was his bookkeeper. Yeah. You know? She may have been cooking the books on his behalf, or mm-hmm. he may have been lying to her. You know, it's, it's right. Very... She may have been cooking the books uh, without realizing it. Yeah. Right. Apparently, he has mafia ties mm-hmm. and Hunter Biden ties, for whatever that means. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> doesn't everyone, apparently? <laughs> of course. But he definitely has been hooked up with some pretty shady people and shady business dealings. And, of course, is under investigation. So that all of that definitely puts her at risk. The Adderall use, that party that sounds like it was fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, all of it sounds unsafe. Yeah. And whatever happened, she's gone. And the police absolutely do believe that she has passed away. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep an eye on this. See if the police make any arrests. You know, there's all these people saying, we know what happened. Really? Well, have you told the police that? And if you have... Maybe they don't believe you because they have not arrested anyone. Yeah. And maybe they're waiting to find a body because it's pretty tough to arrest someone for murder or at least, you know, negligence, um, you know, uh, yeah. desecration of a dead body, whatever it right. is. Right. I mean, surely there's something here. Yeah. Right. Right. And did she know she was taking Adderall and fentanyl together? Was it laced? And she didn't know. And then if if that's the case, then whoever gave her that is liable. I mean, there's so much uh-huh. here that we uh-huh. still don't know. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about Heidi 
and her situation um, because yeah. she left behind her dog and her little boy mm -hmm. and her ex-husband. And she's got family and friends who are absolutely heartbroken about her, about her disappearance. Sure. And she certainly deserves justice. Whatever has happened to her. Yeah. She deserves for her body to be found mm -hmm. and for anyone that was involved to face the consequences. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah. Wow. So we will keep an eye on this case going forward and hopefully we'll come back with some more definitive information. Yeah. I'd just like to see some of this stuff confirmed because right now it's just all rumor and I, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Because that doesn't mean any of it's real without some real confirmation. Right. You know? And also could be a smoke screen. Yes. Sure, that's, that's my actually concern. real. Yeah. That's my concern. Is this whole weird story a smokescreen for what really happened to her? So we're going to keep an eye on that. We'll keep you updated. And Katie, I believe you have a crime update for us. Yes, I do. All right. This, uh... <laughs> John Travolta wannabe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a serial killer. You may recognize him. He is the Hillside Strangler. Oof. Uh, Ken Bianchi. Mm -hmm. So there is a new show starting on Oxygen that is about the Hillside Strangler. And that's coming up. It's called uh, the Hill Hillside. Oh, it's on Peacock. Sorry. It's called the Hillside Strangler Devil in Disguise. And it actually premiered yesterday on Peacock. So uh, for all of you uh, true crime aficionados that I know you all are, you watch for that. It looks like it'll be really interesting. Oh, I will but be in watching it today. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, People Magazine had done an interview with... The woman who dated Ken Bianchi while he was committing all of these crimes. Her right. name is Cheryl Kellison. Yeah. Cheryl, you are lucky to be alive, lady. She's very lucky to be alive. Yep. So she was 17. And it was the late 70s in Southern California. She and a friend were driving down the road and a car full of four men pulled up next to them and struck up a conversation and invited them to come to a local uh, joint to have a soda. So they did. And these men were quite a bit older than them. And uh, but they anyway, they did. And they sat and visited with them. And from that, she started dating this guy named Ken Bianchi, who was eight years older than her. And Ken immediately befriended her parents, really befriended her parents. And in fact, she said that during this time, her dad had been really sick and was in and out of the hospital. And Ken would go to the hospital and sit and visit with her dad and feed him and shave him and help with his care. And frequently would share meals with her family, you know, come and visit and eat with them and uh, was just around a lot. Wow. That seems yeah. odd to me. Mm -hmm. it, like it does. immediately like that? Why? Uh -huh. It all seems odd. Now, Ken ran around a lot with a cousin of his named Angelo, Angelo Buono. Mm. And, you know, but, but she was, of course, Cheryl was dating him and 
he he was always sweet to her and they were spending a lot of time together but in the meantime women were dying in their area and it was uh things were kind of scary during that time because there was uh, a serial killer on the loose and in los angeles uh this had become a, a real fear for women so the uh the MO is that the women and girls were bound, sexually assaulted, and murdered. And mm. typically their nude and strangled remains were left sprawled on hill, hillsides, thus the hillside stranglers. Hillside the victims ranged in age from 12 to 28. Oh, God. Yeah. So during this time, law enforcement is actively searching for this serial killer. So, of course, parents of all young women in this area are on high alert. Well, her mother, Cheryl's mother, had a gut feeling about Ken that maybe he was the hillside strangler. She didn't have any proof. She just had a gut feeling about him. And she called the hotline and she made a report. And the police investigated very briefly Ken Bianchi and came and just let her know she's just being the paranoid mom. Just let it go. He's fine. Oh There's nothing here. God. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then just let him go on killing. Yep. Wow. They didn't have any evidence at that point to tie him to these to the killings per se, but they just treated her like she was just an overreacting mom. Just an emotional woman. Yep. And padding away. Yep. Idiots. But in 1979, Ken Bianchi was arrested and charged in the strangulation murders of two college students, mm -hmm. Diane Wilder and Karen Mandic. And that totally confirmed for mom what she thought. So the police show up at their house to tell her and her mom about Bianchi's arrest. And ask her some questions about him, right? And at first she was in total denial that Ken was a good guy. He would never do these things. Then she started thinking about some timelines. And that not too long before that, he had asked her to drive him to a cemetery where he had a job interview. And when they got to the cemetery and looked around a little bit, he said, now nah, let's go. I changed my mind. I don't want to work here. And a week later one of those uh, victims was found at that cemetery. What? And that mm -hmm. didn't clue her in? Not a bit. And her mother told her that she thought no, it was No, her mother never told her that she had made that call. Oh, my God. That was completely on the DL. Why would you? Oh. Probably trying to not piss her off, I would imagine. Probably, but I mean, wouldn't you have been very concerned for your daughter's safety? If you thought that her boyfriend was a serial killer, holy crap. Yeah. So she says that, uh, so his cousin, Buono, Angelo, or Angel, Angel Buono, was 17 years older than Ken Bianchi. And she says that he, Ken, absolutely idolized him and just followed him around like a little puppy and would do anything he wanted to do. And that's basically how Ken uh, testified, too, and managed to get uh, his charges reduced from the death penalty by testifying against his cousin. So he did confess, but, in you know, eventually, 
then denied involvement, but anyway, ended up uh, in a plea deal so that he didn't have the death penalty. But he was convicted, uh, well, Wono was convicted for 10 of the nine of the 10 killings in 1983. He was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. What? what? Yeah. For 10 murders? Yeah, uh, he died in prison in 02. Thank God. So Bianchi is in Washington State serving out his sentence. He's 71 now. So obviously uh, Cheryl Kellison uh, saying that she thinks she's very lucky to be alive. And that she thinks the only reason she is is because he had had uh, struck up such a friendship with her parents, particularly her dad, that uh, she wasn't one of his victims. But can you imagine that? Learning that you or your daughter was dating a serial killer? Right. Well, immediately that seemed a little sus to me. And I think that he probably was trying to kind of go overboard with the parents so that they wouldn't suspect him. Yeah. Yeah, But that seems odd to me. Right. To immediately, you just start dating this girl and you immediately become best buds with her parents. Right. That should be a red flag. It should. Mm -hmm. Like that, that just reeks of manipulation to me. Mm -hmm. It does to me too. But it may be the thing that saved her life while they're out murdering all these other women in that direct area that they let her live. And it's terrifying. Would have been easy. He had all kinds of access to her. Right. Yep. So there you go. Moral of the story. Don't date serial killers. Also, mom, if you think he's a serial killer and you actually call the authorities and tell them you think he's a serial killer, maybe, I don't know, take the chance and tell your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Also, FBI. Women know things. Mm-hmm. So tired of that bullshit of, mm-hmm. oh, ma'am, you're just overreacting. Yep. Yes. Yep. They should have listened. They should have listened. They could have saved some lives. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. Wow. So there you have it. Well, thank you. My head is spinning, mm-hmm. as is often the case after one of these episodes. Right. <laughs> So we will be back tonight with Wednesday night case updates yep. at 7 p.m. Mountain. We'll be live streaming on YouTube and Facebook. Yep. So don't miss that. Just a little heads up. The Psychic Hour is now a part of our subscription on YouTube and Patreon. So if you sign up with us on YouTube by just clicking that join button on our homepage, our YouTube homepage, which is just... Mm-hmm search for us as true crime squad you'll see it there um you can join there to get the psychic hour or if you go over to patreon where we post bonus content for our patrons every month mm-hmm. you will get the bonus content and the psychic hour so yep. lots of great ways to get more content from us but that does start this week so if you are yeah. a psychic hour fan you are going to want to join one or the other our mm-hmm. YouTube subscription or um, our Patreon. So yep. check it out. Let us know. Come to our Facebook page with questions. We will happily help you. Yep. Um, it's true. We're just true crime squad everywhere. So come find us somewhere. Send us a message if you're not sure what to do. And we mm-hmm. will help you out because we don't want to lose anyone. That's no. just a change that we have made. So, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. And 
you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.